I'm Cece, and this is Spela Golf. Annie, I missed you. I missed you too. You've been gone for like two weeks. I know. I it's just not like us busy. to not <laughs> to not hang out for that long. I know. I know. I know. What you've been up to? So this is what I wanted to tell you about. So two weeks ago, I was back in Cholo, and I played in a tournament. Um, it was called Three Jills and a Jack, and so it was me, my two friends, and then a boy, a man. He played a boy, a boy, How old a man, an old. <laughs> he played with us, a man. <laughs> um, so and was it he was, the Jack? Yes, he okay. was a Jack. And then it was a step aside scramble, so we would all um, hit our golf ball, but the next shot, whoever's ball we picked, they wouldn't hit. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And so we did that and we didn't win. <laughs> we got fifth place, but it's fifth place. I know, but it was really tough. But we shot, I want to say minus seven, I think. And then it was minus 11 for net, I think. So it felt pretty good though. But for me, myself, I, the shot of the day was on one of the holes. I was 170. Four, I think, away from the pin. And it was down below. It was like tucked back left, bunkers in front. And I was like, okay, the uh, my other two friends, you know, they laid up, so it's fine. And I just like took a deep breath and I literally just like swung freely and I got on the green. And my oh, friend, she tapped it in for birdie. I missed the birdie putt short, but it felt good hitting. I hit really good approach shots that day because I felt so free I think because I have that little dependence on other people so I just got to work on finding that when I'm on my own and playing my own game so but it was yeah. really fun and I learned a lot and so I'm excited I love doing it so I did it last year and so it was fun doing it again yeah but how about you what's been going on um well <laughs> not a lot it's still hot uh it's super hot and actually last week it got so hot that a few of my students like we had to stop our lesson oh yeah, so that was pretty brutal. But other than that, just been, I love organizing. So I've been organizing for the fall, making sure that we have everything that we need. And then you and I are actually going to, today, we're going to sit down and organize the fall since we are starting a new ladies program at Bear Creek. Can't wait. So we're excited about that. And um, we'll put out all the information when we're finished with that. But it will include clinics, events, workshops, and kind of like range meetups just to be social and meet some friends and all that. So that's what I've been doing while you were gone. <laughs> you oh, were on fun. vacation. I'm no. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I did see on Twitter, like the Arizona weather was, it's 110 days or 110 days. Feels like 110 days. <laughs> the temp is 110 for over 30 days or something. Yeah, it's a record. Yeah. And today that record was like broken oh. because it's only 103. Oh. <laughs> I know. 103 is not bad. I know. And even this morning when I went to teach, I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. I know. <laughs> it's like, not bad. 8 a.m. rolled around and I'm like, no, it's, it's hot. I know. And then it's just hot. wait. After we're done recording this, we step outside and it's 115 degrees. Yeah. That's why I don't go outside more today. Yes. But anyways, today we are talking bad golf memories. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we just think it's important to, you know, share our stories so that you guys maybe can think about your bad golf memories and how to get over them. Maybe we can help you think of a way to get over them. Yes. So, which I need help with that. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I'll start. I'll okay. share just a little bit about like my first bad memory. Okay. So I remember high school, you know, those were my first tournament days. And I remember, I think it was my senior year. I still, even though I played tournaments at summertime um, beforehand, I felt ready. And then a tournament came along and I still, I topped, it was the year after, remember when I shot that 89? Yes. And so one year later, we're at the same course and I was like, man, maybe we'll shoot that 89 again, you know, have that. And then I ended up topping the golf ball off the tee on the first hole. Ouch. It's not fun. And so that kind of, I don't know. So did you already think like, oh man, first shot of the day, this is not going to be great. Yes. And I was nervous, but I also, my parents are watching, coach was watching, teammates. And I think, and I just was like, what's wrong with this driver? Why isn't it working? And so I just topped it and it went in a bush, then bounced out of the bush so I could hit it again. (laughs) But I think I just have that little bit of those bad memories because topping the ball didn't just happen once. Like, no, it happens very many times. And so I think maybe sometimes... Today, I don't think it's so much a fear. Maybe if I'm in a certain situation, like, oh, but I don't I don't think that anymore. Don't top the ball. And I think maybe because I've put in a lot more practice and stuff. So maybe I guess I feel to get rid of the bad memory is by practicing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Okay. <laughs> is that how I get rid of it? I don't know. How do I get rid of bad memories? That's just I one. I would suggest. Um, so... If I could have done anything different in college, if I would have, if I would have coached a college team now where I was at, so I have a similar, like, bad memory, like you. So if you top the golf ball off of the first tee box and you still remember that until this day, because the memories that we talk about today, that's only a few of the ones that we've had, but the ones that we talk about are some some memories that actually stand out from the rest. Like we've done some weird stuff (laughs) (laughs) we have some weird stuff and we have some bad memories from that um but that's what stands out so if you shot an 89 and then you go back to that course and your mindset is like oh hopefully i can shoot 89 and then you top the first golf ball so what how about you would go to that hole and just hit a hundred tee shots uh yes do you think you would have topped 100 golf balls i don't know probably not no like let's be real yeah like how often like today obviously you don't top the ball like that but no if there's something that scares you you can't avoid it you have to do it and so like my bad golf memory is when i was in college on the first um on the first tee box so we always did a shotgun in college so that that just means that everyone starts at the same time, but on different holes. And I remember so clearly because I was so nervous, like my whole body was shaking the first like three holes. Like I didn't remember my name. <laughs> like I don't remember anything. I don't like, do I have teas in my pockets? I don't even know. Like what, what clothes am I wearing? I have no idea because I was so nervous. And that's one of the reasons when people ask me if, um, why I didn't go pro is because my nerves were just so intense 
Um, so I had to tell my coach, like, please do not start me on a par three because I, I don't know if I'm going to make it on the green. And I could hit that shot a million times in practice, but not under pressure. But there's the issue. Please don't start me on a par three because I, I don't think I can do it. So what should my practice have been? Hitting tee shots off of par threes. That would have been your practice. Under pressure. Yeah. Whatever that pressure is, like bring the whole team. Like if my coach would have brought my whole team to stare at me hitting a hundred golf balls off of a par three, then that would have been like the similar type of pressure, right? Because I'm playing for my team. Yeah. So I think that would have been a good practice for me. And I think that goes for everyone. It's like the first tee shot, I'm a hundred percent sure I'm not alone in this. And the first tee shot, if it's on a par three, four, or five, it's always gonna be nerve-wracking because it sets the tone for the rest of your round. So depending on your mental stage, like for your first shot. But on a par three, for me, mentally, it was like, I have to hit the green to make par because if I don't hit the green, because if I can putt, I'm okay because I was a really good putter. But if I can't feel my arms and fingers because I'm so nervous, how am I supposed to chip this ball on the green? Yeah, and I'm curious as you're telling me this, so you were always super nervous on par three, you know, on your starting hole. But when did those nerves start to fade away? Is it three holes in? I mean, like, for me, what it was do you usually do? three holes. And now looking back at it, most of the time, you know, I don't, you don't know who you're playing with. And so for me, that was like meeting new people. And then I have to perform like in front of those people. Okay. I felt the same way on Cactus Tour events too. Yeah. And even in high school, it's like, oh, I don't know you. So what am I, you know, it's very yeah. uncomfortable. And thank God the girls like in, in college, we have our name on our bags um, because I was so nervous that when we would introduce ourselves, like I didn't listen. I could not remember their names. So when I got a scorecard, which had the name on it, I had to make sure like double check on the golf bag because I was so nervous. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that's one way of getting over it. It's like you have to deal with your issue instead of try to shove it to the side. Yeah. Like the more you avoid it, like it's going to happen. You're always going to hit a first shot when you go out and play 18 holes. I'm always going to hit a shot on a par three. And I know I'm always going to be nervous. So at this point, like just structuring the practice a little different, I think would have helped. But that's who I am in my coaching though. Like I want a lot of feedback because I want to make sure that we practice the right things. Like maybe 10 footers is not what you need to practice. Maybe you need an audience on the first D box to put that pressure on you to do better. You that's, know? A, that's a good way. I guess I've never seen it that way. Instead it's maybe, Oh, imagine or block it out. I don't know. It's, I guess that's just not really been, my the focus i'm too concerned about like oh my gosh let's make sure we hit the golf ball but then i still am maybe focusing on the surroundings i don't know i need to be put in those situations more often because when i would play in tournaments in high school you know you have parents watching uh, like my parents other parents or no one yes and then the same thing on the cactus tour no one's really watching you know because we're just amateurs or professionals who are like just starting you know it's just different but then down the road, when I become on the LPGA, it will be different having a lot yeah. more people watch me. And, and sometimes I do perform better when people are watching. Sometimes, I don't know, it depends. It's It forces me to be 
like commit to the plan that I have to hit and be more confident a little bit. I was just going to say, I think if you have people watching you, like if, if Drew and I were watching you, you would be fine because you trust us. And if we tell you to hit a shot, you're going to hit that shot. But I think it's different if you're trying to impress someone. So like an audience, then you feel that pressure that you have to do well. Yes. So I think it yeah. depends on the type of people. Like if your parents were going to come and watch you, it's a type of pressure. Like, I don't want to let you down. Like, I want you to see what I've been working on. And if I fail, I only have that one shot to show you what I've been working on. And if I fail at that, that's going to describe my entire game or the describe the past year and what I've been learning. Because if you go home to your parents and was like, we've been working on my driver so much these past like four months. And then they come to watch a tournament and you top it off the tee box and they're like, oh man, that was great practice. Yeah, like, see, I'm sure and then you I would awesome. feel guilty and then I would feel like, yeah. oh my gosh, this isn't working. I'm yes. stressing. I'm not doing it well, you know. But if it was in front of me, and you topped it and I would be like, man, you've never done that. In the four months that we've been working on your driver, you have not topped one single golf ball. And that pressure is different because you're like, you're right. I know you're right. Yeah. Right. And so I think with an audience that don't know you, I think the most important part is not caring what they think of you and not care. Like if you top the golf ball, you can't let other people's thoughts determine the next shot in your game. Yeah. And I think I've gotten better over time about not caring. For example, literally the other day, I remember I had an uphill lie. It was at Torreon. Very unusual. And I just thought like, okay, let's just get the seven wood. And then I just hit it and it literally went like five yards. But I stayed very neutral and just, okay, that's where it went. Now let's just hit it again. And it was almost, I forgot it and just a second. Like I'm getting better at that a little bit. I yeah. gotta keep and I think that's and over time. Like back then, I'd say it was constant like this, but now, oh yeah, that happened and now just move on. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm gotten better enough and that I can save and try, you know. I I think if if you know that you're better than that, that's all that matters. And not trying to prove to other people that you're better than that. So if you would go back to that tee shot today, because you know that you are better, you would be like, oh man, this is super easy. And it's the same for me. Like if I would go back to that part three that I was like, I don't remember my name because I'm so nervous. Maybe I would still be nervous, but it would be a different type of nervous. It would be more like, man, I have so much knowledge now and I just need to hit this golf ball and I'm going to put the best swing I know on this golf ball. And I know it's going to end up on the green. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But to already like paint up a scenario before I even hit it. Oh, last time I was here, I did this and that and da, 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 da. You know, that's definitely setting you up for failure. Yeah. And I know that now, but mm -hmm. when you are in college or high school or whatever, it's, it's hard to not think that way. Oh, I want revenge or who I'm really scared of this hole. I don't know what to do. I don't want the same thing that happened last time to happen now. I know. And that's so relatable. Sometimes still today, it's yeah. like I'm better, but I still just am put in those little situations of that panic. Of, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? I don't know where to go. You know, but I, think so I just got to like find in life. my way. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's just golf. I think whatever, like 
I mean, I had two kids, my first like delivery, of course, I'm going to compare that like before I go into my second delivery, because that's all I know. That was the only experience I had. If it was a good one, I'm going to compare it to a good one. And if it was a bad one, that's that's all I'm going to remember. So I don't think it's just golf, but we have to come up with a way to get over it and see the positives in it and see how much we've improved and how much we've grown and what we can do better to overcome those thoughts. Because it's exactly what you're saying and your life coach says all the time. What does she say? No one cares about you. No one cares about you. And you have to be in charge of your thoughts, mm-hmm. manage your brain, which it all comes down to in the end anyways. So from that, that's kind of my personal player's exper- experience and you relate that too. So what are what's one of your bad memories as an instructor? What do you think is the difference between like, I don't know, what is yours? So as a player, I felt more pressure to do well Um, as a coach, like, and I say this to a lot of my students and this morning I told one of my students, her name is Izzy and she's a little nervous about her swing because high school season is starting and she's not hitting a hundred percent good shots. Um, but I'm okay with that because I see her angles and I'm like, Izzy, like your, your angles are on point. Now it's more about timing. Like you're doing all the steps that you need to do to hit a perfect shot but golf is so much more than that like it has to be perfect angles perfect timing perfect rotation like everything just has to be perfect and I think a lot of people think like oh golf is so smooth and it looks so smooth but it's not it's actually dividing your body into different parts and how they need to move and they one part moves left when the other one moves moves right and then your head needs to stay in line like there's a lot that goes into the golf swing. It's so much. Just yeah, listening so to you much. say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, it but is it, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to take in and to learn all that. And so for me as a coach, I don't feel that pressure because when my players goes out to play a tournament, and I said this before, I'm never going to be disappointed in the score that they shoot. I'll be disappointed in like the decisions they made if they knew better or how they act on the golf course. But as a coach, like I'm never under that type of pressure because I know I did my best to prepare them for a tournament. And then it's up to them to actually do the work to get there. I am giving you all of my knowledge. I'm giving you all the angles. I'm giving you numbers. I'm giving you everything that you need. And then it's about how much work ethic you have to actually accomplish and do it. You know, so I think that's the difference. Like as a player, I felt like the responsibility is on me because I am actually the one hitting the golf ball. While as a coach, I am guiding you to hit the golf ball, but I don't feel that pressure anymore because I'm living through someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, So that's the difference. Um, I do have, like, as we were talking about our bad golf memories, like all I wanted to do in New Jersey when I worked at the private club was to teach. And I, I thought I had finally landed like a teaching job in Arizona. And so I interviewed and my husband and I, like he was still in the NFL at the time. So I was the only one 
moving here because we had decided that this was going to be like our home base. And so I rented an apartment in Scottsdale and I drove to work <laughs> and um, I just really wanted to be an instructor. And it turns out it was like a behind the counter type of job. And so from going from like 18,000 steps a day, it was like barely a thousand because all I did was like take rounds to the bathroom. <laughs> Those were like all the steps I got in. Uh, and it was so disappointing because I felt like a little tricked almost. And so I had expressed how badly I wanted to teach and how I wanted that to be my career. But I'm in a new state and I didn't feel, definitely didn't feel like they were supportive um, in that. And it also like, not to be sexist or anything like that, but being a female in a male dominated industry. Oh, of course. It's it can tough. Be, it can be very tough because expectations are different and you know, I've run into so many just comments and like behaviors that are not okay. Both of us on the daily. I mean, we are surrounded by men every day. It's just, yeah. it's a male dominant sport. It always has been ever since yeah. it, when it started. Well, back most in- of the time it's good things, Yes, you know, but so for me to be put in a place with my first job in Arizona, almost feeling a little tricked into like what I was going to do. Uh, because I wanted to teach and that was my one thing. And and I was allowed to teach after work. And I was like, but I thought like my work was teaching, you know? So anyways, um, it turns out that they had like a charity event um, for kids with hemophilia. And it's just a disease that like, if you get a cut, you can bleed out. So you shouldn't do any type of like contact sport. And so my supervisor at the time, he was like, hey, I know you want to teach. I have an opportunity for you to teach. And I was like, that's so great. So I'm not nervous or anything because I'm just excited that I finally get to teach because that's what I want to do. And these kids show up and obviously they look fine on the outside, like they look like any other kid. And um, they're excited to be there. Their parents are there. But then, you know, it was a little intimidating because there was like a lot of like ambulance and like just. Um, workers like like firefighters and stuff like in case something would go wrong so anyways I am teaching this clinic and one of the kids hits himself with a club in the chin and he immediately starts like bleeding and it is like gushing blood like it is so so much going on and that was like the only thing they had told me like Um, if they get a cut, they immediately need to like have someone put pressure on it so that they're not like going to bleed out and stuff. And my heart, my heart rate, I mean, I was so in shock because first of all, I've never seen that happen before. And I didn't even know that was a disease until that day. And so to then see this little kid, he was probably like eight and he's just laying on the ground and his face just turns white because he's literally losing blood by the second. And so that was one of the worst golf memories I have. And after it was all done, like we finished a clinic and cause they were like, not okay with it, but you know, they're like, this is kind of how this works. Like, this is what this disease is. Like they can't do any contact sports and with golf clubs, you know, like what are the chances of someone actually hitting themselves in the chin to like start bleeding? 
Um, but then obviously it happened when I was teaching it. And after the clinic, we cleaned up and I just started bawling because it was almost like that stress just, I don't know, it just like came over me. And I was like, oh my God, it was my first clinic ever in Arizona. I finally got to teach. And I'm like, is this trying to like tell me something? Yeah. And it's interesting as you're telling me the story, I'm like, oh, I don't see it as a bad memory at all. I see it as amazing. Like, I think that's so cool that you're helping teach these kids. And even though you had that experience, I'm like, well, I see you as a hero. Like you're an instructor and you're helping these kids. And for me, I don't see it as a bad memory. And I see it yeah, as... I appreciate that. I think I needed to hear that. <laughs> I know. Well, it was like, it, it was, I was so in shock from just seeing all of that go down. And then... um you know, from that, because my supervisor was not very nice. And, you know, I had expressed like multiple times how much I want to teach and I really want the opportunity and all that. And, um, we had, I had just finished like my PGA education. Um, it takes a little while to do it. You get like, well, now I think it's three years per level. So it's technically a, um, qualifying level and then three more levels. And I just remember I wanted to teach so bad. So I went to Starbucks every single day. I had to fly to Florida for a week for seminars. And then you have like a portfolio that you work on. Um, and so I went to Starbucks every single day after work just to finish this portfolio so I could be done with this so I could teach. And I finally finished it and I walked in to his office to give my two week notice. And his response was, you're never going to make it. Ow, that hurts. Yeah. That's burns. <laughs> well, and you know when you're in an environment where no one is rooting for you, when everyone wants you to fail, yes. you almost start believing it. And so it was just, it was rough. But like you said, like if we can take the negative and turn it into a positive. And look at how far you've come. Yeah. Even though people have told you that. I mean. Oh, I've had quite a few people say that I will never make it. Um, and, and then it's the same way I was like, there's some people who are like, Oh, you want to be a professional golfer? No. Oh. And then just walk away. Just, you know, but isn't that so exciting? Cause you're yeah. like, ha ha, I'm going to show you <laughs> like, not that we want this podcast to be about, about revenge, but it is kind of nice sometimes. And I think if, if someone tells you that to just take it, turn it around and just see it as motivation. I know it's hard in the moment because right now I'm going through a little bit of that where constantly something is like thrown in my face, but I'm like, someone's testing me. We know who's testing me. And it's just to see how I'm going to deal with it. So relatable. I'm happy you shared that because <laughs> I've been feeling the same way too. I don't, I don't know. It's just hot out too. So I'm like, maybe that's like, <laughs> making no, it we're not blaming the weather for this it's <laughs> too asking, hot i was asking my coworker because i had like a little a little meltdown like a tiny little meltdown and i was like i don't know if i can do this like i don't know why i'm put in this situation and i'm like why are people just turning crazy and he goes it's hot that was his only answer i said it's hot you know what i'm, I'm gonna take that <laughs> i know it is it feels like it might you know Rile us up a little bit when the heat is here because yes. it's just it's not enjoyable to be outside 
even when you have to run to the grocery store, you're getting in the car and it's like the ice cream and everything is going to melt. And it's just, it's really toasty. It is. And I can't, at this point, I can't even remember when it goes down to like the 90s again. I, I October? Think I think so. I mean, I'm like thinking, so oh, far away. end of August. That's in a couple of weeks. I mean, are we going like to get back to, you know, are we going to get back to normal? I want to get back to wearing pants. Like, you know, isn't that amazing how we cannot wait to wear pants? But then when I'm wearing pants, I'm like, oh, I hate pants. I know. Can't we complain to too much. <laughs> we complain. Never happy. See, it's, <laughs> it's hot. It's the heat. It does this to us. <gasps> Anyways, I know. That's not, I don't know. It's a little, it makes me a little sad, like thinking back at those memories sometimes because it was also in, in like my freshman year of college was the same thing. It was literally the worst year of my life. Um, I was so bullied and I was probably not acting great, but that's all I remember. But were you a party girl? Is that what? No, <laughs> acting great. You, <laughs> I was not. That didn't happen until my sophomore year. <laughs> no, it, my freshman year of college, I think it was just like the culture shock, moving from a different country, mm-hmm. and then just like like what we were talking about, like the stress of always performing and like working out, doing school in a second language. It was it was just really hard. And then homesick, and it was just really, really hard. Because it's different coming, welcome to America, this is who we are. And literally just thrown into a different world, literally. I know. What do you think is the biggest difference so far? Oh, good question. I think the biggest difference is, it was funny because I had the newspaper from Sweden write an article about me, and they asked me the same question, like, what do you think is the biggest difference? And what do you miss the most? And here, like, I, I love my life here. Like, my life here is amazing. And I am so proud of, like, what my husband and I have built here um, as far as just, like, careers, house, kids. Like, I am so beyond happy that I can't think of anything to add to my life to make me happier because everything that we are doing in this moment is so fun. So whatever that leads to later is great. But if it doesn't lead to anything, I'm 100% happy with that. I couldn't do this in Sweden. I could not be a golf instructor in Sweden because our season is only three months. It's so short. You just it's so short. Do it. And the difference in Sweden, it's like it's not a whole lot of like entrepreneurs like that. It's more like a nine to five kind of job. And people... And this is just my view of my country, but people are very content where they are. And I am not a content kind of gal. I never want to be content. I want to be comfortable and I want to be safe, but I never want to feel like if, if I, I don't know. Comfortable? Like you don't want to be comfortable, but uncomfortable. Like you want to keep going further and not settle? Yes. Like that's a better word for it. Like I want to feel comfortable in my home. I know that when I walk in the door that my husband is always going to be supportive, welcoming, loving, caring, genuine, trustworthy, you know, all that stuff. So I want to feel comfortable walking into my home knowing that this is my safe place. Um, But at work or whatever I put my outside hours 
outside of my house hours towards, I just don't ever want my learning to stop. Does that make sense? So like, I want to be comfortable at home, but I want to be challenged at work. Yes. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yes. Yeah. So as much as I talk about being comfortable in my house, we talk about you and your golf and how you are afraid of like taking new roles or doing new things because you're afraid of failure still. Like, what do you think you could do after this episode and talking about it a little more? What do you think you could do different to maybe get over the fear of that first hole or the tee shot? What do you think that you can do different to just learn more and stay motivated and more in control of your life? I guess to be more, I always, I write the question you asked me, I still just think about past sessions I've done and just, it's being uncomfortable. And that's the, I think the more uncomfortable I am, I think the less I'll be, oh, I did this and it made me uncomfortable and I'll focus less on if it was a fail or not and not was it good or a bad. If you, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, cause I want to try and find a way where fail, 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 fail is not like in my head anymore. And instead it's, oh, I did something new because the thing is I have to remind myself, I have already failed yes. so many times. Like I have way more and probably will have way more failures compared to success, you know? It's just, it's how it is. And so I think if I just let it go, not even just, I mean, in life and golf. And when I start, you know, working with teaching, when I start doing that on my own down the road, I probably will be uncomfortable because I just am always, you know, wanting to be, I don't know, have some, just, I think I lack trusting myself a little bit. Cause I'm like, I want to make sure that, oh, am I doing it right? Or am I, you know, just like that confirmation with you or with someone else. And I think that's something I kind of gradually have to work on. But I think if I realize, oh, this is what I'm doing. I think tying in confidence is what's going to help me not focus so much on failing. You yeah. I mean, well, if you can just pinpoint what it is that you are struggling with. So if you go back to that course, because you could go back there tomorrow if you wanted to. So if you go back to that course and hit a hundred golf shots, I think that would solve it. Maybe, but it's also, I guess, even though we do a hundred in those scenarios, I'm for on tour. I mean, you're only playing that course once though, and you can't really do it a hundred times. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if that would work. Maybe visualize a hundred times because in reality, that's like, in reality, I can't do that. But so, it's not about that course. Like for you to get over that bad memory, it has to be that course. Okay. So for you to get over the bad memory, you know exactly what time it was, what tea box it was. You remember everything about that moment because you topped the golf ball. So that's the one part about that is you have to get over that in particular. So if you would have the same moment back where you had people watching you and then you actually hit a good golf shot, but then you're right because if you're playing a tournament at a different course, that's why we would bring our audience. So you would bring me, your parents, my husband, my kids, your sisters, different like um, role models in your life. 
right? So it would be the different types of pressure with you to Bear Creek, number one, Aguila, number one, Lone Tree, number one, to just work on what it's like hitting my first tee shot under pressure. So there's two parts of that. It's not just that exact moment. So to get over it, it's about the actual, like what it is that's scaring you. And it's your first tee shot. I, looking back, not just a Torian, but I have had very many blow up holes. And we've talked about this before, but I've also just taken those bad memories, blow up holes as, as lessons. And I've taken those in and you kind of almost forget about them because I'm replacing, trying to replace those bad memories with the good ones and be, oh, I used to do this, get this, or sometimes, like I always reference to hole number eight at Torreon, I've had a couple triples on the hole, but then I've also birdied it. So it's like, I know I'm capable of birdying almost every hole at Torreon because I've done it. Yeah. And so it kind of, I don't know, I want to have a positive approach to every bad memory, like you were saying, so... No, I agree with that. And you know, my favorite show is 90 Day Fiance. Watching it <laughs> yesterday, um, because these couples are crazy, they went to therapy. <clears throat> and the therapist actually <laughs> said to um, have like a better marriage, if you can create good memories. So when you are fighting or arguing, those good memories are going to take over like the bad memories. And I was like, oh, you can actually like apply that to golf. <laughs> Oh, well, I See like how that. TV, TV shows See, are coming I'm not the into only play. one that watches TV. <laughs> no, but to conclude this episode, maybe if taking, writing down a few bad memories from golf, maybe you would actually get to the root of your fears and problems like today. Maybe there's something that you did like a year or two ago. That's still causing whatever your misses bunkers. Are today. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I still got to work on bunkers because I did have an experience of it taking three times to get out of the bunker, and so I kind of have that when I'm in a bunker situation, I still panic a little bit and just like, okay, let's get out of here as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Instead of I kind of scratch that pre-shot routine. Yeah. So maybe that will conclude our episode today. What do you think? Yeah. It All was right. Good. It's good seeing you, Yanni. Can't wait. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to share the podcast.